Welcome, family, to the Terry and Jesse Show. This is where you get UFC training. <laughs> After an hour, we make you an ultimate faithful Catholic. This is also where you get MMA training. After an hour of listening to us, you'll become part of Mother Mary's Army. I'm the Latin lover of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, the Latin lover of Our Lady, and I'm reporting for duty. What about you, Terry? Terry Barber, the Lebanese lover of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And yes, I'm reporting for duty to serve the kingship of Christ. Yes, this Amen. is a great show. You picked out again once a month. We get the heroes and zeros of our of of our lifetime each month. Catholic Very important. Vote checks out who's doing great, who's doing bad. Also, I found a video that I want our listeners to watch and hear of a very bold Catholic priest in Ireland. Remember, Ireland's faith has just gone to zero. Very few people are teaching the faith there, and when you hear this preach speak, uh, man, you're going to love it. Also, uh, this is incredible. We're going to have a mother uh, speak about this idea of transgenderism and wh- how serious and how bad it is. But before we do that, and we got uh, some good news, but I want to sh- play a clip a little later in the first segment of Jess, my brother, Jess Romero, on Fox News. He's doing a, a little short interview, but it's about politics. And boy, I think I was just so proud of my brother Jesse when he said that you can't be a, a calf. Well, I'll let him say it. He'll like this. You'll, we say well, it. Why don't you put on the video? It's short. Put on right, the video. Let's put it on now, let's Mr. Engineer. Yeah. Let's do it. What big issues are you talking about that are important to you? Pete, I'm part of Catholics for Carrie. I'm part of uh, Latinos for Carrie, and I'm part of Cops for Carrie. On the cops for carry, I don't know one street cop, any line cop that's going for the Democrats with this whole defund the police nonsense. I got two sons that are working the streets right now, one in Kansas, one in, in Phoenix. Night watch street cops, they, they took after me, after dad. Every line cop is voting for Kerry and the Republican Party because we want to fund our police. Number two, Latinos. In the Latino soul, we're conservative. We believe in faith, family, freedom, hard work. When you talk to any Hispanic and you line up the two platforms, they say, hey, I'm a Republican. Number three, on the Catholic side, so I got three hats. On the Catholic vote, the church has given us a criteria of five things called the five non-negotiables. Said, you cannot cross these lines. When you look at the Democrat and the Republican Party platform, The Republican Party platform is congruent with Catholic moral teaching on family and life. The Democrat Party violates all five non-negotiables. You cannot be a Catholic and a Democrat. Thank you, Jess. I I love it. And, you know, millions hopefully will see this. And again, this is uh, Jess. We're getting to, you know, an uh, opportunity to tell the secular media the, the important fact about voting with a Catholic mindset. So thank you for standing up. And I know you're going to take some hits for that, but hey, so be oh, it. Oh, yeah. So be it, brother. Probably, for, probably from my own diocese. Yes. So uh, what happens when you stand up for Jesus. I just got off right now before I was on, I was on uh, ABC News right now with Channel 15 right before I came on. And Good. I did the same thing. They asked me, they saw, we saw you on Fox and Friends, and they asked me pretty much the same questions. And I just uh, said, yep, the Latinos are moving to the Republican Party in droves because... Uh, we're, what forms us is not politics, it's our faith. It's our simple faith in God that comes from the Catholic faith. Some are Protestants, but it's that Judeo underst- Judeo-Christian understanding of God that forms the Hispanic mind. So You got it. Uh, yeah, Terry, as, we'll do it as long as we can for as long as we have life and breath. And Jess, this is good for your need-to-know file. Violence against pro-life 
for pro-lifers is 22 times higher than against abortion advocates since the Roe versus Raid reversal. This is unbelievable, but, you know, it does make sense if you think about this. People who want to kill unborn babies, why wouldn't they throw your fit, their fist into your hand or run you over with their car? If they don't have any value for life, there's no moral compass there. So anyhow, that's a good-to-know file. Any others, Jess, that you have to share with us? Yeah, Terry, mortgage rates hit a 20-year high. Oh, yeah. The average rate for a 30-year fixed mortgage mm-hmm. uh, tapped or topped, excuse me, 7% for the first time in, the, in two weeks this, this week, this for the first time in, in, in two decades this week. Let's make, Jesse, let's put this into principle, uh, yeah. into some simple terms. If your mortgage a year ago, you could get a mortgage for, let's say, $1,500. It's now $3,000 a month. Go ahead. There you go. That makes sense to people. That, that puts it in, you know, what we can understand. 7%. Also, Elon Musk locks out Twitter engineers. Yeah. So uh, following his takeover of Twitter, the Tesla CEO, Elon Musk, reportedly froze the big tech company's software code preventing Twitter's engineers from making further changes wow. and ordered his own Tesla engineers to review the code and report back to him. Wow. So the, re- the reports come after Musk fired top Twitter executives and had them promptly escorted out of the company's headquarters. Wow. That's good news for all of us. Man, he's a man of action, isn't he? Yeah, he sure is. He's Woo. not wasting no time. Yes, he Let can... me do some soul food, Terry. Yeah. Hey, before you do the soul food, I have one more thought that I just yeah. want to make. We have to remember that, we said this yesterday, that as we see more corruption, not just in the culture, but in the church, that we need to be proactive. We talked about um, bishops that aren't teaching the Catholic faith and that we, sh- we should speak up and say, hey, wait a minute, uh, you know, you made a promise when you were ordained. Well, here's an example. Pope Francis accepts resignation of one of those German bishops, people writing letters and saying, look, you know what? Step down. Do us a favor and you a favor because you're phony. Basically, you're, te- you're, you're presenting yourself yes. as a Catholic bishop, but you're not teaching as a Catholic bishop. So this uh, Archbishop Ludwig Schrick of, of Bamberg has been, uh, basically let go. And so I want to encourage our listeners to continue to write those letters and, and charity to your bishop when they're not teaching the Catholic faith. Ask them, you made a promise before God. You're not keeping it? Step down. Do us a favor. Let's get someone in there that will present the faith. All right, go for it, Jeff. Yeah, by the way, I'm asking any listener out there, somebody send Terry a letter. No, no, a dossier, basically. A dossier about Zachary King. Uh, get somebody just (laughs) hired a private investigator, and they send Terry a a, a whole dossier. Uh, Terry misplace it. We yep. would like for you to send that dossier yes. on Zachary King once again to vmpr.org. That's right. We're asking our listeners, whoever it was, I know you listen, oh, yeah. uh, please send that dossier of Zachary King to Terry Barber. We'd like to take a serious look at it, please. Absolutely. And it was a hard copy. It wasn't electronic. All right, okay. Jess, let's get some soul food for today's Luke feast. Luke chapter yes. 15, verses 1 to 10. Yes. <clears throat> The tax collectors and sinners were all drawing near to listen to Jesus. But the Pharisees and scribes began to complain, saying, This man welcomes sinners and eats with them. So Jesus addressed this parable to them. What man among you, having a hundred sheep and losing one of them, will not leave the ninety-nine in the desert and go after the lost one until he finds it? And when he finds it, and when he does find it, He sets it on his shoulders with great joy, and upon his arrival home, he calls together his friends and neighbors and says to them, Rejoice with me because I have found my lost sheep. 
I tell you in just the same way that there will be more joy in, in heaven over one sinner who repents mm. than over 99 righteous people who have no need of repentance. Or what woman, having ten coins and losing one, would not light a lamp and sweep the house, searching carefully until she finds it? And when she does find it, she, re- she calls together her friends and neighbors and says to them, Rejoice with me, because I have found the coin that I lost. In just the same way, I tell you, there will be rejoicing among the angels of God over one sinner who repents the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. This gospel describes, well, Jesus describes himself as the good shepherd. That's in, this, is, this is basically taking from the gospel of John, uh, chapter 10. He, and that beautiful picture that, where you see a lot of Catholic homes that have Jesus who carries the little sheep around his shoulders. Is, this is where it comes from. Yep. Luke chapter 15, verses 1 to 10. Here's where, the, here's where that picture comes from. Remember, the Jews knew that God was the ultimate shepherd, Yahweh. But the Jews, God sent them a, a bunch of shepherds throughout the course of salvation history. A lot of them turned out to be bad shepherds. So this is the promise here by God in the Old Testament that he will once again send us a good shepherd and that good shepherd is his son, the Lord Jesus Christ, the King of Kings, the Messiah. Uh, Look no further. Wow. Jesse, before we get Bishop Sheen, I just want to make a note about St. Martin de Poor's feast day. He began life as an illegitimate son of a Spanish nobleman Hmm. and a free slave of an African and native descent. His father later abandoned the family, and Martin's mother took in swinging to sewing to help with the expenses. This is a case where the the, the culture that we live in right now would have killed and through abortion. Say, oh. oh, you know what? He's oh, yeah. illegitimate. Get rid of him. Get rid of him. Yeah. So I just want to P- say, plus, plus he's dark. Remember? Yes. Sangri- yes. Negro I, Negro extermination exactly. project. Remember that? Yep. Yeah. Oh, of course I do. So yeah. Saint Martin de Poor, please pray for us. Pray hey, for I want to bring in Fulton Sheen real quick. <laughs> Full Sheen ahead. Cardinal Siraz with Bishop Sheen again. Wait till you hear what he says. And boy, I say Bishop Sheen says amen to this. He said, the church is dying right now, Bishop Sheen, because her pastors are afraid to speak in all truth and clarity. We are afraid of the media, afraid of the public opinion, afraid of our own brethren. The good shepherd gives his life for his mm. sheep. I thought that was mm. appropriate with the scripture verse you just read, Jess. Yes. Uh, you know, what I want to say is Bishop Sheen knew that. 40 years ago. And what did he say? The laity are going to save the church. And Jess, that's what you just did clearly on Fox News. This is what we're doing here on Virgin Most Powerful Radio because we're calling our shepherds, the good shepherds that we have to be faithful to the teachings of Christ. And any shepherd that's not going to be faithful, we're asking them to step down. I'll make that public statement because I stand behind that. And yep. he would do him a, him a favor by asking him to repent and believe in the gospel and step down. Wow. You got it, Terry. Uh, tomorrow we're going to have a, a, a guest. Oh, yeah. He's uh, the one that started an organization called Catholics for Catholics. Good man. Uh, I've, I've yeah, known him the, for years. He's a good <laughs> man. And uh, he's trying to do what Bishop Fulton Sheen told the lady to do. That's yep, exactly that's what right. he's trying to do. That's right. Up next, we'll be talking about Heroes and Zeros. Stick around. Don't go anywhere. Stay with us. You're listening to the Terry and Jesse Show. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. 
St. Martin de Porres, pray for us. Amen. Let's talk about heroes and zeros for the month of October. Let me share the first one. First hero. <laughs> yep. Eric Schmidt, Attorney General of Missouri. In May, this Catholic Attorney General, Eric Schmidt of Missouri, filed a lawsuit against the Biden administration officials for colluding with social media giants to suppress the voices of political enemies. Wow. Schmidt, along with Louisiana Attorney General Jeff Landry, has since led a truth-seeking mission that uncovered undeniable proof of a collusive relationship between the Biden administration and the social media companies to censor free speech. No this is, by the way, this is what they do in communist countries. Exactly, Jesse. Yeah, this is called you know, uh, crony capitalism. In October, a judge ordered top-ranking Biden officials, including Dr. Anthony Fauci and former White House Press Secretary, Press Secretary Jan Psaki, to appear for depositions. I love yeah. it. Yeah, for all their lies. Yep. Schmidt told the press... It is high time we shine a light on this censorship enterprise and force these officials to come clean to the American people. And this ruling will allow us to do just that. We'll keep pressing for the truth. Schmidt's track record as a legal watchdog has earned him respect throughout the state of Missouri. And he is the favorite to win a seat at the United States Senate in the November elections. Terry? God bless him. That was inspirational. Next one. Lauren Davis, candidate for Dallas County Judge. She was born in Houston. Lauren Davis is a Catholic convert. I love Catholic converts. Mm-hmm. Raising her three kids in Dallas, she has taken on, again, a tough battle to become the next Dallas County judge. Her fortitude was forged in the face of adversity. Well, that's how it usually happens. Hmm. For years, as a small business owner and a mom of a child with grave medical needs, but draconian COVID policies took the grit to a whole new level. For medical reasons, her children were unable to comply with the mask mandate, and the Dallas Independent School District responded by building plexiglass boxes in a corner of the school library and confined her children there for hours a day. Are you kidding me? Mm -hmm. In her words, after countless unanswered pleas to the school board and the county for a better remedy. I resolved to do everything I could to restore parental rights and champion medical, religious, and economic freedom in the Dallas County. Hmm. And now Davis is asking the Dallas public to elect her, good for her, to be part of that restoration. The world we're living in now, our families are under attack. They certainly are. Hmm. Our communities are sick, boy, tell me. And we need to get involved in whatever capacity she said in a recent interview. And this is, I like, she says, she's encouraging all Catholics. And this, uh, this woman I like, I like her line. She says, mm-hmm. I want all Catholics to be happy warriors. <laughs> because even when the world seems hopeless, Jesus wants us to be cheerful. Wow, Jess, check out Davis's amazing interview with Dave Palmer on Guadalupe Radio, good friend of ours. Check it out, folks. Here's the next one. Peter Kilpatrick, another hero, October hero. The president of Catholic University of America. Yep. Uh, it says, while some co- Catholic colleges have caved to leftist student pressure and banned speakers who buck the LGBT agenda, Catholic University of America president Peter Kilpatrick stood firm. The CUA Young America's Foundation hosted Matt Walsh on a stop for his What is a Woman tour and sparked outrage 
from the Catholic University of America's Black Student Alliance and the unrecognized LGBT student group uh, and also Catholic University allies. Well, the president, Kilpatrick, he responded to criticism by emphasizing the importance of free speech for a thriving intellectual environment. There is a long tradition here at Catholic University that approved student organizations are given the authority to make their own decisions about which speakers to invite to Canvas, with the caveat that we cannot give an unfettered forum to those who openly advocate against Catholic teaching. Amen. I will continue that practice, says the Catholic president of the college. He says, in an age where that kind of talk can get you canceled, kudos to Catholic University President Kilpatrick. This is why we bring these up, to inspire you. It inspires us to see people stand for the truth. Now, let's get to the zeros, okay? A senator, Catherine Cortez Mastro, she's a Democrat. Oh, surprise. This month, incumbent Senator Catherine Cortez rolled out a new campaign ad featuring yourself. Are you ready for this? This is so sick. With a statue of the Sacred Heart of Jesus and an image of Our Lady of Guadalupe Mm. behind her. The video presented Cortez as a deeply traditional, pro-family, pro-religious, in an apparent bid to win over Catholics and the Hispanic votes ahead of the November election. There's only one problem, Jesse. This Cortez, she's one of the most extreme pro-abortion senators in history. She mm. has sponsored legislation that would ban any regulation of abortion doctors or facilities, ban parents' rights, ban counseling, ultrasound laws, and make American taxpayers fund abortion for any reason, up to and through birth. She has even called for a federal trade commission to shut down pregnancy care centers that give resources to poor families. Using her office to attack the most sacred Catholic principles is one thing. Abusing images of Christ and the Mother and our Blessed Mother and to manipulate Catholic voters into supporting her evil agenda takes her to an all-time low, and that is a zero. But Jess, she's just following President Biden. Remember Biden with the rosary? Oh, yeah. Biden said he carries a rosary in his pocket. Yeah. And he said that if anybody questions his devout Catholicism, he will shove the rosary in your mouth. Yeah. See, there you go. Next one, Jess. Another loser. Another zero, but another way of saying it is another loser. Secretary of Education Miguel Cardona. Catholic Secretary of Education Miguel Cardona is concerned about the nation's college students. He knows American schools are failing, and he also believes that the way to fix that is abortion. (laughs) Yeah. Kill, kill the student population. That's how, that's how you fix the problem. At a White House roundtable in early October, Miguel Cardona, fake Catholic, said students need access to health care to thrive in school and in life, and that includes reproductive health care. Uh, then there's a, a Twitter account that you can watch him actually say this. Ugh. Two days later, he tweeted, let's say it loud and clear. Students need access to health care including reproductive health care. That's a euphemism for kill your baby. That's right. In order to succeed in college and achieve their dreams. Mm. Cardona has cited his Catholic faith as having been influential in his love for children. Yeah, he really loves children. He offers them to the God Moloch oh. through his legislation. Yeah, he, he, he says that, you know, he's in love with children and education. Maybe uh, <clears throat> Miguel Cardona 
he, he has also cited his Catholic faith as having, uh, or maybe he should, he should remember that Christ actually demands love for all children, born and unborn, according to Psalm 139, and that women don't need to have their children murdered in order to thrive. As Father Pavone says, abortion is not health care. Amen. Another zero, Georgetown, a Jesuit university. And before I do this, Jesse, this is why we need not only our shepherds who don't teach the Catholic faith, but schools that supposedly are Catholic. We need to boycott them and send them a letter and say, hey, why don't you just call your school a secular school? Stop using as Catholic. Georgetown School of Medicine did this lecture slides from a required course on human sexuality at Georgetown School of Medicine. Tell future doctors to push, are you ready for this? Puberty blockers on young children who think they are transgender. Now, again, this is supposedly the oldest Catholic medical school in the country. Jesse, it's, it might be the oldest school, but it's not Catholic. Now, one slide claims that gender differences can appear as early as infancy. Hmm. Others suggest that the very young children who experience with toys, dress, or behave typically associated with the opposite sex, well, they may be transgenders. The lecture also advocated early treatment and tells students to consider blocking puberty with drugs it claims are completely reversible. Wrong! Gosh, the spectator, which broke the story, also reported that in addition to transgender health care, lectures given to first-year students and fourth-year students may take an elective course in sexual and gender minority health that gives them hands-on experience, are you ready, in administering hormone therapy. Mm. While future doctors need to understand how these drugs impact health, Georgetown's course materials amount to activist endorsement of medically suspect and now internationally rejected practice. So the Catholic faith has inspired thousands of doctors and nurses and caretakers to enter a self-giving ministry of health and healing, but instead, supposedly, fake Catholic Georgetown Medical School is trafficking in destruction by teaching doctors to mutilate and permanently disfigure children's bodies. That's enough. Terry, when President Trump was our president, he actually did make America great. You know why? Our border was secure. A wall was getting built. Not no more. No. Under Trump, our economy was growing. He got Washington out of the way. Not no more. Under Trump, crime was down. Criminals were punished. America was safe. Not no more. Under Trump, our energy production was the envy of the world. We were energy secure, energy independent, energy dominant. Exactly. Not no more. Under Trump, our nation was strong, confident, respected around the world. Our citizens were proud, excited about the future. We had a real leader in the White House. Uh, Not no more, Terry. Guess what? The border now, when Biden took office and America, America began to not become great, it began to fail. Yep. The border's now open. Over 3 million illegal immigrants have poured across there drugs, is no border. gangs, terrorists, yeah. fentanyl since he's been yep. in office. Yep. Inflation has skyrocketed to the worst it has been in 40 years, and now he's getting us in a war, embroiling a war with Russia. This guy, Terry, this is why 
Uh, again, I know here in Arizona, three out of four Arizonians want Biden and the Democrats out. Well, I hope so, because let's be honest, uh, this midterm election, all the above are very important. But number one thing that the Biden administration is guaranteeing and the Democratic Party is guaranteeing that there will be millions of more babies murdered through abortion if they continue on with the control of the Senate and the House of Representatives. And that can all change next Tuesday if we vote pro-life. Amen. That that should be the overarching yeah. uh, principle for every Catholic Christian, even every, every Protestant Christian. Yeah. By the way, up next, we got two incredible videos. We're going to show you. Oh, my God. Uh, yeah, a video of a homily. <laughs> Father, Father Sean Sheehy. Yeah. This got him canceled. He he joined the ranks of Father Altman after this homily. And then we have another video that we're going to show you <laughs> of uh, just a, a brave woman, a, a young girl, a detransitioner, where she's a young girl that said that surgery almost stole my motherhood, but she stopped right before she went through the surgery. So uh, these are the issues that are affecting our culture right now. The cancel culture and the... Uh, LGBT transition culture. We'll be right back. Stick around. This video that you're going to see will inspire you also to speak up the truth, even when persecution is the answer that we'll get. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. We're back to Terry and Jesse show. We want you to listen to with your own ears. This is what happens. This priest uh, reminds me again of Father James Altman, what happened to him. He reminds me of Father Karapi, what happened to him. He was was the first canceled priest. uh, And Terry probably knows a lot more. Uh, Father Sean Sheehy, I want you to listen to this, this homily because the Bishop of Kerry is apologizing over this controversial homily. There's nothing controversial about it. Everything this priest is going to say is supported by the Holy Bible and the magisterial teachings of the church. Mr. Engineer, can you play the clip? What is so sad today is you rarely hear about sin, but it's rampant. It's rampant. And we see it, for example, in the legislation of our governments. We see it in the promotion of abortion. We see it, for example, in the, in the example of this lunatic approach of transgenderism. We see it, for example, in the promotion of sex between two men or two women. That is sinful. That is mortal sin. And people don't seem to realize it. But it's a fact. It's a reality. And we need to listen to God about it. Because if we don't, then there's no hope for those people. And so God is also telling you and me today, look. You have a responsibility to seek out those who are lost. You have a responsibility to call people to an awareness of the fact that sin is destructive. Sin is detrimental. And sin will lead us to hell. When we, when we honor the saints on the first of this coming month, we honor people who are saints. Why are they saints? Because they repented and because they sought forgiveness. As somebody said one time, Heaven is full of converted sinners. And so today, God says to us, I have come to call sinners. But if you don't admit you're a sinner, then you're not listening to my call. And I can't do anything for you. Because it's a two-way street. Now, there are people, you see, who won't like to hear what I'm saying. 
But the day you die, you will find out what I'm saying is not what I invented. It's not what I came up with. It's what God is saying. And the day you die, you will find out that is the truth. Our prayer for people is that you, it won't be too late for people. But how will people know that God wants to forgive them if we don't tell them? How will people who are lost be found if we, as God's people, don't call them and say, look, God loves you. He has come to call sinners, but he wants you to have life and have it to the full. Because that's what he wants. He wants you to live life to the fullest. Well, you know, Jesse, there are a couple points that when I first heard this priest preach it, Reminded me of an old Irish priest, Father Chris Tug. He would preach like that back in the in the late seventies and early eighties, and he got canceled quietly, removed from parishes because he would just speak like that. And oh. I love what he said. Uh, you know, people aren't going to want to hear what I have to say. And he says God wants to forgive them. So if we don't preach the truth of the gospel, they they're how are they going to get? How are they going to know to be forgiven? And I like what he said that uh, those who are lost. Uh, he said that not that that he said that sin will lead us to hell. This is the basic uh, 101 Catholicism, okay? And he's getting in trouble. The bishop said this, Jess. Hey, that's not a Christian response. That's not what what the Christian uh, we believe. And that's the bishop. That's the bishop. I think we need to write the letter and say, Bishop, step, step down. down because you're you're not embracing the promises you made when you were ordained. What's your thought about that, Jess? What? Terry, everything this everything this preach mm-hmm. this priest, excuse me, everything he preached could be supported by the Holy Bible, of course, and the magisterial teachings of the Catholic Church. Amen. This bishop, this bishop of of, of, of uh, the diocese of Kerry, Ireland, yeah. yeah, he's one of those. The Bible calls them hirelings. Yeah, uh, you know, somebody who's just basically hired. He's a false shepherd. Mm-hmm. He's one of those false shepherds. The Bible warns us about. Yes. Our Lady of Good Good Success warns us about false shepherds amongst the bishops. Our Lady of Akita Japan warns us about these false teachers and false shepherds. Yeah. The Bible and Mary have warned us. Yes. Terry, that homily that he gave before 1965, before the end of the council, that would have been a standard Catholic homily at a Latin Mass. That's right. But but now, because sin is called by the Catholic left. They call it absolutely shocking. The Catholic left, through the synod and synodality, <clears throat> is trying to redefine sin. And again, this priest, he's just going to go the way of Father Karapi, the way of Father Altman. He's going to be another priest to get canceled by the Catholic left that's in power right now. And uh, again, it looks to me like uh, Father Sean Sheehy is, uh, you know, He's just a victim of the Catholic left because you know what they want to do to us? They want to control our speech. Yep. And they even want to control our thoughts. Yep. You know how they control your speech? It's simple. <laughs> and, I know, and I know this personally. Uh, now, you can't get a letter of good standing in the diocese. Why not? We don't have to tell you. We don't have to tell you. Right. Uh, so I, I know exactly. Is it something I said? Maybe. Maybe this is what the Catholic left woke establishment does to good priests and also to good lay people as well. Yeah. Hey, hey, Jesse, just so you know, all of those points that you just made that uh, the priest is making, this is the kind of stuff that at that Senate that we're doing right now, the synodality, 
They're all trying to say, hey, look, all these oral moral teachings that Christ taught in the Bible. Yeah. See all those? No, no, no. They're wrong. Homosexuality. It's OK now. Oh, women's ordination. Oh, that's OK now. Oh, marriage, you know, for lifelong. No, no, no. You go ahead and get married, you know, a couple times. It's OK. All of these things that the perennial teachings of the church have said no to, they're going and saying, we have to redefine all this. And that's why, in my humble opinion, we got to call these folks that are at the Senate, whether it's the Pope, the bishops, to say, hey, wait a minute. You're not called, you know, to change the gospel. You're not, you don't have the right to change the gospel. What we're talking about is just get going. And oh, I'll tell you, I'll give it, I'll, I'll, I got the list here from Father Murray. Father, not Father Eddie Murray. He said, yeah, the teachings of the church are given to Christ is not the problem. The church is being asked to seriously discuss discarding teachings that contradict the beliefs of the desires, like those living in adulterous second marriages, men who have two or three more wives, homosexuals and bisexuals, people who believe they are not that the sex that they were born as, as being they should have, women who want to be ordained deacons and priests, lay people who want the authority given by the God to bishops and priests, all these things they're wanting to change. And the bottom line is, Jess, that's not what the Catholic Church is about. Remember, God's word. God is not going to rewrite the Bible for your generation. No, stop trying to change Scripture when it's written to change you. See, Jess, we don't, we're not the bar. The bar is God's word, and the church is the, um, the, the, the communicator of divine revelation. It's not uh, your revelation. It's God's revelation that we're going to embrace. Okay, I'm Terry, and, and the very last I'm chapter done. of the Bible in yep. Revelation chapter 22, yep. uh, I'll paraphrase that it. it says, if anybody tries to add yep. or subtract anything from God's which word, which they're trying to do. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Here it is. Re- Revelation chapter 22, verse 18. Yep. I warn everyone who hears the words of the prophecy of this book. If anyone adds to them, mm-hmm. God will add to him the plagues described in this book. Yeah. And if anyone takes away from the words of the book of this prophecy, <clears throat> German bishops, uh, Father Martin, yeah. uh, Synod of Synodality, exactly. listen up. God will take away his share in the tree of life and in the holy city, which are described in this book. You try to change this book and try to make it fit the culture of death, you are sealing your fate in hell. Well said. And this is why, Jesse, we speak the truth in yeah. charity because the people in Ireland that P- Father is preaching to, yeah. they need to hear the Remember, truth. Remember, we have another video, Terry. We got a two minute video. Oh, let, we want to get it in right now then. Yeah, let's get into that detransitioner video. Okay. Uh, listen to this, bro- you brave young woman. Get it in. I really thought transitioning was going to fix everything. My period oh. stopped, facial hair grew. Pretty soon, I was passing as male. At first, I was elated, but my mental health did not improve. I became more suicidal, more unstable, and the anxiety became debilitating. The testosterone was never questioned as a contributing factor to my increasing instability. I was in and out of mental hospitals six times while being affirmed as male and supported in my decision to transition by my doctors, psychiatrist, immediate family, and even church. I was also diagnosed with complex PTSD and OCD during this time. I desperately wanted top surgery and a hysterectomy, but couldn't afford them. After a serious suicide attempt in February of 2018, I realized that just changing my appearance was not going to take away the pain. 
So I started working really hard in therapy, but I still believed I was male. A year later, in 2019, I had a life-changing encounter with Jesus and began to find deep healing and peace within myself. After nearly four years of being on testosterone, I decided to detransition and accept my womanhood. My mental health improved exponentially. I'm no longer in therapy, nor even on mental health medication. I have not been suicidal or hospitalized since stopping testosterone. Three years later, my menstrual cycle has still been irregular. I still have to shave my face daily, and I struggle with hormonal acne. I'm truly grateful I never got surgery because now I'm happily married and 28 weeks pregnant. But if I had gotten surgeries that I so desperately wanted as a teenager, that would have stolen this future from me. So I'm asking the board to create a rule that makes it unethical for doctors to prescribe these hormone treatments for people under the age of 18 and surgeries under the age of 21. Thank you. Wow. What a great testimony, Jess. Wow. Terry, you'll never, ever hear a testimony like this in the mainstream media. No. Shame on them. Yes. And, 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 and glory to God for, for, for this ongoing recovery of this young woman. This story needs to be heard as well as many others like her. There's a whole movement of, of young people who are, uh, you know, uh, they're detransitioners. That's what they call themselves. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, you know, she, she, she started going down the path of destruction, but uh, she encountered Jesus Yes, in some way, shape or form. And Jesus makes all the difference. Yes. It doesn't matter how yeah. old or how young you are. Right. Uh, hey. bec- because Satan, Terry, yep. he's the author of confusion. Well, Jesus said. is the author of harmony and peace. Amen. When we come back, many ways to support your priest at your parish. We're going to cover that because it's so important that our priests know that we're praying for them, we're supporting them, especially in their orthodoxy. And we'll talk about how we can do that when we come right back. Stay with us, family. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. You are a priest forever according to the order of Melchizedek. Amen. That's what happens with every Catholic priest that's ordained, no matter how they end up uh, it, later on in their, in their priestly ministry. They will be a priest because they received an indelible mark in their soul forever. There are seven ways to support your Catholic priest. This is very important. A new survey shows priests are happy in their vocation, but they do struggle with burnout. And here's how you as a layperson can help. Because there's good news. In a major new survey done with U.S. Catholic priests, the majority of them are happy in their vocation. But the study, which surveyed 3,516 priests from the 191 U.S. Catholic dioceses, also showed that many priests display signs of burnout. Yep. Especially younger priests. And diocesan priests, far worse than those who belong to religious orders. The priests that were surveyed, they also said that they find significant support in lay friends. Yes. So that should motivate us to think about how we can better be friends with the priests we know and love. We should never assume that they have the support they need. So here are a few things to consider. Terry, what would you say? Well, before I get to the list, I'm going to ask the most important thing is to having masses offered for your priest. Mm. I'm going to tell you, most priests that I talk to, when they get a letter saying they have a mass card saying someone's praying for them, that really moves them. And then number two, and then we'll get to his list here. Number two, 
you can get Archbishop Fulton Sheen's priest retreat for free off our website called Called and Chosen. You rip that and send it to your priest and say, Father, I thought you might enjoy Fulton Sheen's priest retreat because I think it'll it'll help you in your own vocation. So God bless them. And, you know, it's like an $80 set sold in bookstores. So that's number one. And number two, pray and give him Fulton Sheen. Now, let's get to the uh, the, the natural level. Stop and chat with him after Mass. Of course, don't just run off. You know, be personal because priests would love to have, uh, you know, they do. They Some of them say, oh, I don't want to talk to or whatever. But if you give them something to talk about, like, Father, I really enjoyed that homily. What you said about, you know, Second Maccabees was like, I've always talked, thought that was with purgatory or whatever it is. You need to, you know, in, engage with them and not just go back to the parking lot and go home and come back seven days later. That's right. Um, ask him out for coffee or tea. It doesn't exactly. take a great deal of time to grab a cup exactly. of coffee and have a chat together. Right. Ask them what days and times could work and yep. put something on the calendar. That's right. Or consider being spontaneous about it. Yep. Even if his schedule's too full, the gesture shows your interest in getting to know him as a person. And, 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 I've, I've heard an old saying, Terry, yes. Scott Hahn said it years ago in the family conferences. What did he say? Priests are overworked and they're underprayed. Prayed. You know, it's not paid, prayed. No, prayed. Number two. Priests are overworked and yep. underprayed. This is very important because when I grew up, we had priests at our house for dinner, and it really moved us. So invite priests to, to a family dinner. And don't be worried about, oh, I got to have everything just, you know, it's got to be fancy. No, no. The, the priests just bring them over. The kids are, hey, guess what? It's time to change the diaper. I got to pick up little Johnny. Uh, that's just how it works, Father. And he'll laugh. I've had that experience with the, or, or the kids throw up or whatever. Father, this is how it works here. But we're glad to have you here at the house for a dinner and, and, and invite you to come to uh, be part of what we're doing here in our family. Uh, priests enjoy seeing the real lives of people they serve and allows them to get to know the families. That's right. Next bullet. Mm-hmm. Include your priest or pastor. Include him at a party or event. Yep. The next time you're having a party or gathering, whether it's with relatives or friends, consider inviting your priest. Yep. He may enjoy an evening out, and your guest may enjoy getting to know him just as much as you do. Can I give you an example? Yes. I have a priest friend from Chicago who stays at my house on a regular basis. He's pro-life. He played baseball in college. He's a good ball player. He loves baseball. Guess who I invite to watch the World Series game tonight? Mm. A priest. Because he's busy, but he just he's going to take a little time to watch a ball game. We'll have some good chat. And it, the thing about it is it shows him that we are thinking about him. So consider, you know, inviting them to a sporting game or a concert. Yeah, a concert, especially like, for example, I've had priests go to um, uh, Christmas concerts with me when the kids were young because they enjoy them also. But it makes them feel like they're wanted. And I think they need because they give so much that we want to be able to give right back to them. That's right. Yeah. Next one, Jess. Uh, invite, well, that's what you do. You just kind of said this one. Invite him as a guest to oh, a yeah. sports game, exactly. concert, or a play. <laughs> Does a priest you know enjoy sports, Yeah. music, sure. or the theater? Consider getting an extra ticket and inviting your priest along for the evening. Exactly, these are some brother. great these are some great practical ideas, oh, yeah. Terry. Yeah. yeah. And you know, Jesse, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. I have that in my book, How to Share Your Faith. And yeah. find out important anniversaries, birthdays, ordination. Like every year on his ordination, 
Send him a mass card. Say, Father, thank you for saying yes to Jesus for your ordination. I realize I can't get my sins forgiven or I've done this or even receive the body, blood, soul, and divinity without the priesthood. Yeah, Terry, because I'll tell you what, oftentimes with lay people, the only contact they have with the priest is negative. Oh, exactly. They're going to complain about something. Yep. And, and, And again, as Catholics, we have to learn to build up our priests more than we criticize them. Amen, brother. For every, for every criticism you have of a priest, you know, say 10 great things to his face. Yep. You know? Yep. Uh, here's the next one. Uh, and Terry kind of mentioned it as well. Find out his important anniversaries, birthday, ordination, mm-hmm. baptismal day. Make a point to acknowledge or honor the special day in a priest's life. Mm-hmm. You might give him a gift or a card or just mention it when you see him. But it's a wonderful thing to have others celebrate important days with you. And priests appreciate that as much as anybody else. I'm going to give you a fun story. You'll really like this. <laughs> Jesse, Father John Bokran, I helped him in his vocation to become a priest, okay, in the sense of formation. He'd call me. I'd always say, Father, you have any needs in your, when you're not Father, he's a seminarian getting ready to be ordained. What are your needs? Are, well, Terry, I'm at a, a live, I'm at a bookstore and I need, I need to get the Fathers of the Church uh, books or I need this. And I'd always tell the bookstore guy, here's my credit card. Father wants it. He gets it because I know he, this is St. Thomas Aquinas. It's going to form priests for mm. a long time. So this is the question you ask your priest. And you never know what they're going to say. Father, do you have any special needs that I can help you with right now? Oh, yeah, my car or whatever. Whatever it is, I, I, need, I need somebody who knows something about you know, this type of car, I got some problems with with the repair or whatever it might be. But you see, you ask the question and say, Father, I'm here. What can I do to help you? And I think they appreciate that because that's what they're doing seven days a week, helping souls. Yeah, that's right. And the last bullet here is that we see in the article is, uh, and and the article is, it's, uh, you could get it on the show page, vmpr.org, vmpr.org. Yeah. Uh, you could go to jesseromero.com. It's yep. called Seven Ways to Support Your Priest. Seven Ways to Support Your Priest. And remember, if you like what you hear, then you can share the full show, the, the show link. Oh, yeah. Go to vmpr.org. You can also find us on social media at VMP Radio, at VMP Radio. And we got a YouTube channel called Full Sheen Ahead. <laughs> if you like what you hear, share us with your friends and evangelize everybody that you love. And, and remind everybody that Archbishop Fulton C's priest retreat, we gave many years ago, like probably 25 years ago, Jess, this was when it was, was on cassette tape. We took the laborious time to send cassette tapes to as many priests in the United States of America and around the world, those recordings. So I want to encourage you now. We've got technology. You go on to vmpr.org. You can download those recordings of Fulton Sheen and give it to your pastor. Give it to your parish priest. It can change the way they uh, look at their priesthood, especially with their love for the Holy Eucharist, the daily holy hour. Can you imagine a priest coming up to you? Because I've had this come to me. And they said, Terry, you know the Bishop Sheen retreat you gave me? Yeah. He said, I just want to say thanks because you know what it made me do? I said, what, Father? A daily holy hour for the last twenty years. Hmm. I'm saying, wow! See what see what this can do. But we have to be proactive, Jess. We can't just sit back and say, ah, I'm not going to do anything. Be proactive. Go on to vmpr.org, pick up those Sheen recordings of the priest retreat, and give them to your pastor. And the fruits are out of this world. 
That's right. Finally, it says, ask him what he needs and how you can help. Yes. Sometimes that what makes a person feel most supported is to be asked what they really need. Yes. Ask the priests you know what they need most, mm. but what what would be most helpful to them in their work and life. It may not be something you can fulfill yourself, but you can help figure out how the need can be met. Close quote. So those are Excellent. half a dozen things that you can do uh, to support your parish priest. Here's a thought from the uh, the Soul of the Apostle. Oh, great book by by Dom Jean Baptiste Chatard. He said this about a priest. Okay, mm-hmm. he said uh, throughout the centuries, the saints have modeled for us this spiritual law of causality. Mm-hmm. Spiritual law of causality. If the priest is a saint, the people will be fervent. If the priest is fervent, the people will be pious. Of course. If the, if the priest is pious, the people will at least be decent. If the priest is only decent, the people will be godless. The spiritual generation is always one degree less intense in its life than the one who begets them in Christ. Close quote. You know Beautiful. what? Saints don't happen by chance. You know what? They, saints choose daily to surrender themselves to God's grace in a very difficult mission field. And holiness, even for a priest and a layperson, it's a mysterious combination of our free will, our free choice, and God's grace. And so the question is, not only priests, but all of us have this universal call placed on us by God in our hearts to strive for holiness. And you know, Jesse, I have another statement that says, a priest will either take thousands of souls to mm. heaven or thousands of souls to hell. And this is yeah. why we have to pray for our priests and give them, you know, sheen, give them, give them good material, uh, you know, make sure you have good contact with them. I have found that by praying with priests and, you know, even, even uh, praying with them, uh, the daily, the, the rosary with the priest, we've done that before mass, they just, they, they become part of the parish when the parish is actively supporting them and their role as shepherds. And boy, do we need yeah. good shepherds today, brother. Hey, if you're currently in seminary, stay close to the teachings, the authentic teachings of Holy exactly. Mother Church, and stand to Our Lady's mantle with a daily rosary. Stay close to the sacred heart of Jesus, and uh, get ordained, because we need you for battle out there. If that's God's will. we got to take back the church. Uh, remember, young priest, we're going to spend, you're going to spend your entire life in this war, but if you want to get to heaven, you have to die fighting it. But fight because we have the angels on our side. Terry, take it away. Well said, Jesse. And I want to just remind everybody, tomorrow's special interview that Jess lined up with our good friend. I have his picture here. uh, And his amazing Catholic man who's standing up for life. And he's persecuted for that. So why do we show this? Because we want you to stand up for life. What else is there? Hey, Jess, what state should we be living in, brother? Live in a state of sanctifying grace. Don't live in a state of mortal sin. Be holy or die trying and flee this corrupt generation. Amen, and don't forget, I say it every time, Our Lady of Fatima said, souls are going to hell because no one is there to pray and make sacrifices. Grandma, Mom, the kids, everyone, offer your sacrifices to God for the salvation of souls. God love you and your family.